This is Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup on New York Red Bulls Radio at TuneIn, Backheel.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Here are your hosts, Mark Fishkin and Eric Giacometti. It's Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup, preseason edition. Mark Fishkin and Eric Giacometti with you. It's a massive show, folks. We've been away for a couple of weeks. Whole lot of news to share. Obviously, the biggest news reports from ESPN that Matt Miazga will be leaving the club. We'll get into it. Players re-signed. Very, very important players for the success of the Red Bulls last year. Uh, back into the fold and on the squad as 2016 preseason kicks off in Florida. Since we've last spoken, oh, by the way, there's been the MLS Super Draft, and there are two uh, draft picks that the Red Bulls have picked up. We'll talk about them and what they bring. Um, we'll give you the entire preseason schedule, what you can expect as we steam toward MLS first kick, less than 40 days away now. The Red Bulls, too, picked up a signing. And then for our interview tonight, it's your favorite homegrown and mine. It's the Buddha of the homegrowns. Connor Laid will be joining us tonight on Seeing Red. And then we'll get to your emails. Jam-packed. Eric Giacometti is coming to us from Central Florida, where the Red Bulls are, are training right now. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing well, Mark. How's it going? It's good. So now, did you miss the snowstorm, or did you uh, depart after the snowstorm? Oh, I, I wish I missed the snowstorm. No, I nearly broke my back trying to shovel out the three feet of snow, but uh, I managed to get out on uh, Monday, or sorry to say Tuesday morning, and uh, I've been here since then, so got a couple training sessions in, and uh, it's been pretty good so far. A little bit of rain today, but uh, hopefully we'll get back on track with the sunny weather. I, I don't I don't really want to ask, but I have to. How hot is it down there? It's been about uh, mid seventies, so uh, not not too bad. Perfect, like shorts and t shirt mm-hmm. weather. So uh, not to uh, rub it in the face of the New Yorkers back home, but uh, it's been pretty good down here. All right. Well, obviously the big news, which broke last night, Taylor Twelman. We learned a little bit more today. ESPN has reported. Now this has not been officially announced yet. ESPN has reported that. Matt Miazga, young Matt Miazga, will be leaving the Red Bulls. Uh, it's reported that he will be going to Chelsea, to Stamford Bridge, on a multi-million dollar transfer. He has left U.S. men's national team camp in California. Uh, U.S. soccer tweeted out an empty locker this morning, a photo of an empty locker saying, I guess Matt's not here right now. And, I mean, for the 20-year-old who had a meteoric rise last year, I mean, remember, folks, this was a guy, homegrown player, obviously, Clifton, New Jersey, member of, uh, came, came up in the Red Bulls Academy, and over three years, he cemented himself as one of the hottest young defenders, very, very uh, key role player in New York's second shield in three seasons, uh, played really because of Ronald Zubar's injury in the first game of the season in 2015, was not projected to be a starter, but the kid took uh, his opportunity, ran with it, had the iconic goal and awful home run swing at Yankee Stadium against NYC. And here's a kid that, in the span of half a year, played for the U-20s in the World Cup, had a very strong U-20 World Cup, then for the U.S. U-23s as they attempt to work through qualifying for Rio, and then was cap-tied to the U.S. in uh, in a late friendly. So in the span of six months, Miazga played for the U23s, U20, uh, U20s, U23s, and the full national team. And it appears, and again, this is yet to be confirmed, but this is what uh, global media is saying, that he will be leaving the Red Bulls. Some might say too soon. I think a lot of Red Bulls fans wanted him to stay. 
he had noted that he he wanted to test uh, what big time international football is like, and it appears uh, any other year you can't say it gets any bigger than Chelsea. Obviously, the defending Premier League champions and losers to Red Bulls too over the summer uh, are in a world of hurt right now. Chelsea, I believe, has something like thirty-seven, thirty-eight players out on loan, and but from the reports that that have uh, been put out today. Miazga is going to stay at Stanford Bridge for a number of months to see if he can make an impact and crack into the first team. And if not, maybe perhaps then he goes out on loan. Obviously, uh, while we are excited for Matt and everything that he does, if in fact these reports uh, turn out to be true, the biggest issue and biggest concern for the Red Bulls is how they go and fill that void. How do you take a young kid, very mobile, great in the air, tall kid, um, who became a major, major important cog in the Red Bulls' back line, especially when you consider that Damien Perrinel will still be rehabbing over the first few months of the season. So, Eric, uh, you know, I, I put it to you with the assumption that that Miazga will not be a part of the Red Bulls moving forward. Um, what does the back line look like, and what are they going to have to do uh, to kind of pick up the slack in 2016? Well, the theme around this camp really, and I mean, this, this 2016 preseason has really just been about uh, the youth movement, and I think that's where it's going to have to come from. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, Perrinel's still on the mend right now, so uh, we met and Zubar would be the only healthy center back, so if there's a void to be filled, it's, it's got to be, you know, within within the club, within the youth right now, so, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at kind of a, a makeshift way to kind of patch things together and, until, you know, maybe some reinforcements come. Certainly not ideal, of course, if, in fact, Miazga goes and if, in fact, the transfer fee is as large as is reported, which has been reported at $5 million, um, the Red Bulls will see allocation money coming back to them. Um, you know, while we're not going to speculate on is a big name coming in, obviously a kid like Scott Thompson, um, who was one of the the homegrown signings, you know, only five ten, um, may may not be big enough to play center back in this league. And then the other thing you have to consider uh, is could one of the draft picks step up? Um, you've been down there; it's only been a couple of. Uh, training sessions, Justin Bilyeu, and we'll, we'll get into them in a minute, but Justin Bilyeu, Scott Carroll, they're not guaranteed roster spots, and there is a roster spot open. Um, what have you seen from them and uh, maybe all of the young uh, young players out there? Yeah, it, it's it's been a, a bit of a mixed bag, I'd have to say, just because you know, it's a big step up for these guys when they, you know, go from, you know, the USL level for some cases and, you know, the college level to make that jump to the MLS level where, you know, I talked to a bunch of the young guys and they said the biggest thing is the speed of play and the physicality, which is, I think, a famous refrain that you'll hear from younger players coming into MLS. Uh, it's a big adjustment for them and uh, it's going to take some time to, to adapt to not only, you know, the league and the level of play, but also the Red Bull system. It's something that they're going to have to work tirelessly at because these guys, uh, the veterans of the 2015 team, they already know the system inside and out, uh, but it's going to take some time for the new guys to acclimate and really get used to their roles. So uh, they have some catching up to do for sure. But, uh, you know, Chris Armis and uh, Jesse Marsh have really been throwing them into the deep end and seeing who can sink or swim. 
Mm. Of course, looking at the the back line now, if in fact Niaz is gone, this is you've got Duval, who is coming back from his uh, leg break, obviously. Connor Laid, our guest tonight, not a center back. Kamar Lawrence, Sean McClaws, who didn't show in his uh, rookie year. Um, we met Paranel, Scott Thompson, and Ronald Zubar, and that's it, right? And so uh, it will definitely be a challenge to fill this hole that a possibly departing Matt Miazga will fill. You also have to consider we met Wilsey time away with the Canadian national team as they attempt to qualify for the World Cup. So if you think about every every position that the Red Bulls are wrestling with, you would have to think that central defense is where it is. So um, there's going to be a lot more as this uh, move is finalized. Um, I don't want to spend too much more on it time on it simply because we've got a lot to talk about. Earlier in the week, as training camp was getting going down in Florida, the club announced that they have re-signed a lot of very important pieces. Robles with the contract extension. Mike Grella certainly got a raise. We don't know exactly what, because that's not how it works, at least until uh, the, the players' union will share. Sal Zizzo re up and Sean Wright Phillips re up I mean, Sean was a guy who trained with the team over the course of a month before signing on, um, had some good moments, uh, a bit of a spark plug. I, I think sometimes his fitness may have come into question. I would think a player like Sean Wright Phillips is definitely going to benefit from a full preseason with the team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there have been maybe some questions as to you know what he has left, considering you know he wasn't a, an everyday starter last year. But that's typically the way it seems to be with these uh, midseason acquisitions that it takes a little bit of time to get used to you know fitting in with the team. And, and, and it was a crowded starting eleven. I, I don't see any way that he was going to break in. Uh, I think with a full preseason under his belt, I think he'll be able to maybe not break the starting eleven, but get into more of a rhythm where he can come off of the bench and be more of an impact player. Uh, that he's not someone that, you know that they're going to be relying on for 90 minutes, but I think in, in certain situations, maybe to unlock a defense later in a game, when the defense is you know tiring a little bit, throw on a Sean Wright Phillips and maybe he can make something happen. We, we saw a little bit of that uh, in the Toronto game uh, you know, up north where he scored a great goal there, so he still has a bit of magic left in him, so maybe in those short game situations he can uh, make something happen. It'll be really interesting to see exactly what uh, SWP is able to throw out. Obviously, you've got Verone. Obviously, you've got um, Grella playing on that, that left mid. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the, the minutes come about. Now, with these signings made, there was one cut. Uh, that's Santi Castaño, homegrown goalkeeper, uh, Colombian-American, uh, young, young keeper, was the third goalkeeper on this team for three years, uh, did not make a single appearance with the first team. 21 times he played for Red Bulls 2 in 2015, but uh, someone's got to go when someone gets signed, and so we wish Santi Castaño all the best. I had a fantastic conversation with the young keeper um, on the way to Portland uh, for Petke's first game a couple of years ago, and he seemed like a great kid. You know, again, um, young player, uh, really, truly, while he played some for the U.S. Uh, U-20s in 2014, very, very strong Colombian heritage, just hoping I know uh, to get a bite there. So uh, thank you everything for everything, Santi Castaño. Um, 
MLS Super Draft picks, two of them. We mentioned them earlier. At number 18, the Red Bulls took from SIU Edwardsville, that's soccer power, Justin Bilyeu. Uh, and when we think about players that could possibly start to form some of the depth that a possibly departing Miazga uh, will uh, leave, 6'2", 175, um, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, he was named to the NCAA all a third team all west region and second team all missouri valley conference so he has joined the team and is down in camp and also at number pick number 38 zach carroll from michigan state 63187 it's a big boy uh defender big 10 soccer obviously continues to uh grow especially with uh, quality teams like indiana and maryland taking part in that league um carroll from michigan was part of the us u17 team in 2011 um, they won the CONCACAF tournament that same year, and he was also part of the U.S. 17 under um, U.S. U17 residency program in 2010 and 2011. As it stands right now, with Miyazaki's departure, there's only one roster spot available, and so you have to think that one or possibly both of these guys may start their season uh, at Red Bulls too. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that'd be a safe bet. Uh, you know, just with they're still really fighting for a contract, as we as we you know alluded to that the homegrowns are here on on contract, but the draft picks are fighting for a spot just as well as you know some of the other trialists that are in camp. So nothing's a given for these guys. They have to really adapt quickly to uh, to their new surroundings and kind of make a name for themselves in a position that the Red Bulls uh, could use some help. So if if there's the chances out there for them to uh, to make it their own, but you know there's a lot of competition in camp, so it's going to be an uphill battle. And the competition really starts in earnest this week, right? Because uh, tomorrow, as we speak, as we record on Wednesday night, um, South University of South Florida, the Red Bulls will have a scrimmage against them tomorrow, and then they play the first of two games against the Jacksonville Armada, the first on Sunday. They will play on the fourth uh, against the Montreal Impact, and then they come home. Right, and then they go back to Florida for uh, the the end second phase of preseason. They'll play Orlando City. They will have just announced today a friendly against Philadelphia in Clearwater, Florida, which is part of the Tampa Bay Rowdies Invitational, which was just announced today. And then uh, Friday, the twenty seventh. Uh, once again against Tony Miola's, hello, Jacksonville Armada, and that all leads into the March 6th match at Red Bull Arena. So um, what are these first couple of games going to be like for this team? Obviously, they haven't been training for that long, and as you said, Eric, there are a whole bunch of guys that know the way the Red Bulls are supposed to play, and a bunch of guys that are going to try to figure out really quick just what Jesse's looking for. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit hectic, just as the training sessions have been. Uh, they're just looking for, I'm not sure they're too concerned about the result per se, it's more about you know finding the tactics, who can uh, you know take the instruction and implement that into a game situation, because this will be their first real run at playing against different opposition uh, will they be able to keep their shape and their discipline uh, you know implementing that you know patented Red Bulls you know tactic that they've been going with with the high press so this will be their first chance to you know get on the field play with each other you get a little bit of a feel for their chemistry so I think uh, you know college opposition is always a little bit tricky if you know you can underestimate them or what or whatnot but uh, this will be a, I think a good test for some of these younger guys. 
Yeah, they're also out of season. So uh, while they're certainly practicing together, I don't know if the University of South Florida is doing uh, tons of prep work, although yeah, this is their chance to make a little bit of a name for themselves, right? I mean, they're playing the New York Red Bulls. That, I'm sure they're getting uh, jacked up for that. Um, curious about something you you'd mentioned about the, the hectic nature of the workouts that you've seen so far. Can you should just share a little bit? You're down there with the team. Share a little bit about just the general sense of what you've seen so far. Yeah, it, it seems like it's it's by design. Uh, just from speaking with uh, Jesse Marsh and Chris Armis, that uh, they're they're really just you know throwing guys into into positions that they might necessarily not be comfortable in, uh, and, and just you know seeing seeing what sticks. Uh, you know they they usually will start off the day with with some uh, you know light running and agility, and then it's you know straight into you know some small sided scrimmages or some one on one two v two defending some rondos. So it's it's been uh, a lot of a lot of work very uh, quickly right off the bat, and uh, you know it's it's definitely you can tell with the younger guys and some of the homegrowns that there's an adjustment period. You can see there's kind of a shock to their system, um, <laughs> but I think overall that's that's probably a good thing to try to get them acclimated as quickly as possible because. You have to remember that the Red Bulls are going to be competing on three different fronts between MLS play, CONCACAF uh, Champions League, and of course US Open Cup. So there's definitely going to be times throughout the year where the depth is going to be tested, and uh, these guys are going to be called upon. So there's you know there's going to be opportunities for these younger guys to come in and show themselves with the first team. So the quicker they can get used to these kind of circumstances and you know acclimate themselves to their you know the tactical makeup of the Red Bulls, I think better for the long run for this team. You had mentioned uh, a term that I'm not sure if all of our listeners understand. Can you explain what a rondo is? Oh, okay, yeah. So that's when they have about you know five or six guys on the outside. I believe it's five, uh, you know, pinned around the outside in a in a circle, and two guys in the middle. And uh, it's basically just one touch around the circle, and the two guys in the middle are just chasing, trying to to break up a play. Uh, this morning, I, if you check on my Twitter, there was a really good rondo with some of the guys. It was uh, Felipe, Sasha, Dax, Salzizo. A bunch of the guys were in there, and uh, it's it's very competitive for a small sided, you know, means nothing game like that, but uh, very intense, uh, very uh, you know, laborious kind of work. But uh, it looks like it's uh, it's paying off. Now, you may have seen a photo that the team had put out of a very large human being towering over Mike Grella in one of the photos where all the players are huddled up and listening. That player, as we've learned, is the Red Bulls 6-6, the Red Bulls 2s now, 6-6 Tim Schmoll, who is Swiss by birth, uh, a former player for the Red Bulls PDL team that did very, very well. That went to the championship game uh, last year. Um, Four years of Harvard, ten goals and six assists. He's listed as a defender midfielder. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a six six midfielder before. He's he's just a giant, Eric. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's a bit of an understatement. Uh, when uh, I was kind of introducing myself to all, all the players, now that I'm on the staff, I you know shaking hands and walking over to him, I said, "Oh my God!" I mean, this guy <laughs> towers over Huey. He's an absolute tree. So, uh, yeah, he's yeah. It looks like he'd be a, a perfect kind of. Uh, Slot in for the in the center defense for Red Bulls too. I mean, he looks like he can win just about any head ball you throw up there. It makes you wonder, uh, frankly, 
if this guy's talent and ambition uh, could possibly take him to the first team, especially considering um, you know the player that, as we said, was is probably heading out. So um, that said, lots going on in Red Bull Land. Very very excited. Uh, this is this is when we we learn, especially with these young kids, exactly who is going to stand out and really push to make sure that they're at the top of the depth, the depth chart um, to spell one of our starters. So that said, we're going to take a quick step away. When we're going to come back, we're going to have number five of the New York Red Bulls, and that's Connor Laid. We'll be right back. You're listening to Seeing Red. Back at Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup, Mark Fishkin, Eric Giacometti. Preseason style. Very, very excited uh, to have tonight a player favorite on Seeing Red. Connor Laid is starting his fifth season with the New York Red Bulls. In 2015, Connor appeared in 18 league matches, the most since his breakout rookie season of 2012. It is always a pleasure to talk to Morristown's own Connor Laid. How you doing tonight? Very good. Thanks for having me on, guys. So, Connor, we've, we've been down here in Orlando for a, a couple days now. Just what's the general mood like in the camp now that you guys have gotten a couple training sessions under your belt and, and gotten back into the swing of things a little bit? Oh, it's great. You know, uh, it was, uh, it was, it felt like a long off season. Um, you know, you're excited for a little bit of rest, but then, you know, a week or two goes by and you start itching to get back on the field. So, uh, you know, the mood's great. Uh, the guys are happy to be back together. Um, you know, we've kept a lot of the group together. And so it's, you know, the chemistry is uh, right where it left off last year. And we're all just really excited to be back here in camp and get things moving. So, Connor, obviously, uh, big media reports today about a, a member of your 2015 team taking off and not being uh, coming back to the club in 2016. Yeah. What added what added pressure uh, comes to you and the back line without someone like Matt um, being a part of the team? Yeah, you know, it's it's gonna it's a big loss for us. Uh, you know, Matt he had a great year last year, and he's really uh, developed into a extremely solid player and one that, uh, you know, is, is a great person to have next to you on the back line. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to, you know, have the next guy who steps in there, you know, step up. It's a, it'll be a big void, but, you know, we're confident in the squad we have and we know we'll be adding pieces to, uh, you know, make up for that loss. But, uh, you know, you can't help but, you know, be extremely happy for Matt, you know, uh, just being able to see him, uh, you know, be training with the team a couple of years ago, you know, coming into sessions and signing and, you know, the, the amount he's matured and developed, it's, uh, you know, it's an incredible transition and, you know, it's uh, an opportunity that clearly no one would be able to pass up ever. So, uh, you know, we're all extremely proud of him and know that he's going to do very well over there. Now, Ollie and Jesse, uh, you know, made some headlines this offseason signing, you know, a, a ton of homegrowns. Uh, you yourself being one, you're kind of one of the OG homegrowns. You've been around for a while. Do you have a, a you know, a special kind of relationship with homegrown players since you've, you know, gone through that same kind of, uh, you know, come up to the, you know, MLS level? And what have you seen from them so far? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, homegrowns got to stick together. <laughs> but, uh, no, we, you know, they signed a great crop of guys. Um, you know, it's still pretty early in camp, but, uh, you know, we trained with a bunch of them over the offseason. We uh, were at the facility a little bit and uh, got to get familiar with each other. And, you know, you never uh, cease to amaze how much how much talent is in our academy and the way they develop these kids is really impressive. And, uh, you know, they seem to get better and better each and every year. And so, uh, 
we're uh, we're really excited with the guys they signed. Um, yeah, as I said, it's it's still early, but we uh, we can tell that you know each and every one of them is going to bring something different to the team, and you know there's the future is definitely very bright for uh, these guys coming up, and uh, you know that we've made it a big emphasis that uh, you know Ali and Jesse want to have uh, you know transparency and make it super consistent through the academy coming up into the first team, and I think they're you know this is a big step in uh, that direction, and you know it's it's exciting. Uh, you know, I think uh, the home grounds are going to take over the locker room, so everyone better watch that. <laughs> <laughs> to the youth movement, that's scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, it's 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 and, and frankly, Connor, for you not to be a part of the youth movement is, I think, scary for a lot of fans as well, right? <laughs> I mean, you're 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 the grizzled Buddha now, right? I know, so. I know, it's, it is pretty scary. You know, it's <laughs> uh, you know, I, I still feel like one of the young guys in the locker room, and. Uh, you know, I think uh, getting car- carted at uh, R-rated movies and stuff, it, it, keeps me, it, it keeps me in mind, so don't worry about that. Connor, Jesse obviously is now back for year two. Um, talk to us a little bit about what you've seen from Jesse in year two at the helm versus Jesse last year. What's different? What's consistent? You know, uh, his his approach is, uh, you know, it's consistent uh, from last year. You know, he wants to pick up where we left off, but at the same time, he he's setting the bar much higher this year. Um, you know, from the start last year, we it was it was kind of what the new guys are going through this year, where they've got to catch up to speed where we're at. Um, you know, with the tactics, with the style of play we we want to play, and how we approach each and every training. So it's it is a uh, you know, it's it's a bit of a shock for the guys coming in, but for the guys who have been around for a year and know the system we play, he's holding us to a much higher standard this year and making sure we bring everyone along and make sure we're holding ourselves to a higher standard as well. So, um, you know, in that sense, it's it's different from last year because he's gonna he's gonna be asking a lot more of us this year, and you know, as we should uh, because we ultimately fell short of the goal that we uh, we set forth to achieve. So, you know, in that sense, we're, we're uh, holding ourselves to a higher standard. But, uh, you know, the way we are going to approach each and every day, you know, it's not going to it's not going to be different. We're all uh, we're all coming uh, coming to uh, onto the field, you know, playing 110 percent from the start. And, you know, the sessions we've had already have been, you know, very intense. And guys are you can tell, you know, everyone's everyone's trying hard. And we're uh, you know, we, we don't want to lose uh the momentum we picked up last year, we just want to keep it going and uh, you know, hopefully get uh, some a couple more results and you know win the whole thing this year. Now I'm sure just about everyone listening will already know this, but just to kind of recap your your career tra- trajectory a little bit, uh, you, know, you broke out in 2012 with your rookie season under Hans Baca, and then you know you went through a little bit of a, a rough period in 2013 and 14, getting loaned out to the Cosmos, finding you know playing time a little bit hard to come by. And then you know last season you play more than you did the you know the previous two seasons combined, where you, you had a bit of a return to form. What do you need to do personally to kind of repeat that performance and and keep yourself at that level that you had you know in 2015 and carry that over to this year? Yeah. Um, no, I mean it's obviously you know you're gonna have ups and downs in your career. Um, you know you wanna you wanna have more peaks and valleys, obviously, but uh, you know it's made me grow to uh, to be a better player. You know, and I've uh, you know not taken for granted any any time I've gotten. You know, because when you're when you're playing and everything's all good, and then when uh, you know you hit some of these valleys, and you've got to really just grind through it. So it's it's all gonna be about for me, just being the most consistent player I can be this year. Um, 
you know, obviously that's, I'm always trying to strive for that, but, uh, you know, any place I can get on the field and that's what I'm striving for this year, you know, either outside back spot, you know, really anywhere that they see me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it and show them that, uh, you know, that I, I can be an asset to them. And, uh, you know, just, just trying to overall, uh, you know, just polish every facet of my game. Um, I want to, I want to be better going forward, uh, you know, be better defensively. You know, I think, I think as a competitor, you, you're never satisfied with, uh, you know, the year, the, the previous year. So uh, I know there's a lot I can work on and, you know, I'm doing, doing a lot in the off season and, uh, doing a lot in the preseason, make sure I'm, I'm ready to, ready to go for the season and make sure I'm healthy and uh, fit. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to be back. Connor, did Dax push you around Publix all afternoon in the shopping cart? <laughs> he did. Uh, we, had a, we had a solid little crew go over there. Uh, uh, it was Ryan Mara, Dax, and uh, Kyle Rainish were pushing Sean and I around in our uh, Hot Wheel-esque shopping cart. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a relaxing at, uh, afternoon for us. We could get our legs up, and, you know, we tried to steer the cart a little bit with the steering wheels, but those seemed to fail on us. And so, it's, you know, <laughs> our... Our safety was in their hands, but, uh, you know, we made it back safe and sound. What kind of things do you guys do to let loose a little bit? I mean, obviously, you're working hard all day. Talk, talk to us about kind of relaxing after a hard day of training uh, during preseason. Are there organized team activities? Do you get time on your, your own? I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be interested. Yeah, you know, uh, for the for the most part, we're training a lot. Um you know, we'll have a lot of double sessions. Uh, you know, some days we'll have one longer session and then we'll have some downtime. Uh, you know, guys, guys will do, we'll do all sorts of different things depending on the weather. You know, if it's nice out, we'll, guys will head out to the pool, maybe re- put their legs up, relax a little bit. I know, uh, Lloyd whooped up on Sal today in Madden that, you know, they <laughs> seem to brought down their, their game systems. Uh, you know, we, uh, I know, I know, Luis isn't here, but he's usually organizing like a Team Olympics type thing. So that'll probably happen in the second camp um, when we're down here again. But, you know, there's a lot of things that guys like to do, uh, you know, for the most part. It's uh, every training's pretty demanding. So everyone's trying to get their rest. And so, you know, maybe on an off day or something, if, you know, if we, if we get one of those, maybe we'll have some more time for some activities. But uh, everyone's pretty focused this year on, uh, on the task at hand. Connor Laid wears number five for the New York Red Bulls. Connor, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Best of luck in training camp, and we'll we'll talk to you when you're back home and the season gets going. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to seeing you guys soon. We've got more Seeing Red coming up after this. It's Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. You're listening to Seeing Red. We're back at Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. You can hear us in so many places like iTunes and Stitcher, Backheel.com. You can hear us at the New York Red Bulls streaming radio network at TuneIn and always at SeeingRedNY.com. Pretty exciting. Eric, I know that you were asked this uh, on the social media. Are there plans to live stream any of the preseason games that you're aware of? Yeah, as far as I know, there are definitely plans to stream uh, some of the games. 
Uh, I don't believe all of them are going to be on, available on YouTube or you know NewYorkRedBulls.com, uh, but I definitely know that they're making plans to stream some of the games. I can't tell you whether it be the Philly match or the Orlando match, but uh, I know that that Red Bulls fans that are you know insatiable and want want to see some soccer, uh, you'll, you'll you'll be happy to know that uh, it's coming your way. Excellent. Uh, just announced on the team website, there is a Red Member Open House this Saturday the 30th from 1 to 5 p.m., where you can first opportunity to purchase newly available locations, complimentary field seats for a select 2016 home match, limited availability with purchase, special commemorative picture taken with the Supporter Shield, if you haven't yet, drinks and snacks, FIFA gaming station behind the scenes tour of Red Bull Arena. If you go to uh, RedBulls.com, you can find this link, and you can RSVP, and you can go check out Red Bull Arena. This is, that's January 30th, Saturday from 1 to 5 p.m. Our third segment is all about you, and this is where we go out into the world and we say, hey, guys, what's on your mind? Send us your thoughts. Send us some emails. And just a few fans have done that at SingRedNY at gmail.com. Here is Derby Thomas, friend of the show. Hello, brand shiny new Voltron. I'm very excited about the season. We've got an entire team coming back that won the Shield and every reason to think that our young players like Verone will improve and those that were new last year like Grella, Kleschen, and Felipe will be starting off more in sync with the team than they did as brand new teammates. But there's always a but. All the talk of consistency reminds me of the 2014 season. After winning the Shield for the first time, our front six and keeper stayed largely the same, with most of the changes coming in the back four and some exchanges between starters and subs. The team talked about how important consistency was to winning, and we all agreed. Unfortunately, we didn't win a game until mid-April and ended up fourth in the East. I'm not in favor of blowing up the team every year, Cough, blue team, cough. But depending uh, what happens on how Duval and Paranel return from injury, uh, to, to be the exact same situation as 2014. My question for you guys is whether this is addition through a lack of subtraction, or whether we're moving backwards by standing still. Thanks. Obviously, when you talk about a player like Sasha Kleschen, who basically played a season and a half without a break. Having him rested is going to be really, really important to how the team plays, wouldn't you say, sir? Yeah, I was actually uh, just writing about that last night. I think that's going to be a, a huge factor for Sasha. I mean, he was dead tired by the end of it. I mean, he said you know everything was hurting him towards the end of the season, uh, and you know playing it, you know the season in Anderlecht and coming straight over it and playing through the MLS season. So. Uh, for me, I think consistency is key. I think the fact that they were able to bring back uh, the core players, you know, that propelled them to a supporter shield. Uh, you know, they have a, a system that's working. I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to cruise to a supporter shield or anything like that. But I, I do think that you know, bringing back the same kind of players, knowing what to expect week in and week out, uh, is definitely a big benefit. Can they, you know, make tweaks here or there, add some complementary pieces? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call it standing still just because they're, you know trying to hold on to the players that are working for them because you know as as you know you can allude to there are lots of teams that want to blow things up and uh you know start over but you'll never find any uh I don't think you can really find any real success with you know just trying to you know throw something at the wall and seeing what sticks yeah absolutely and not only that I mean when you think about the 2014 team you had Thierry Henry who was 37 you had Tim Cahill who was 34 35 
two very important cogs of that team. And obviously, Cahill's 2014 is not something that's going to go down in history of great seasons for the club. The oldest Red Bulls player is, I believe, Luis Robles, who is 31. And we were talking earlier about Connor Laid being an old man in the middle of his team, and he's 26. So, obviously, when you get super, super young, that's going to skew everything. But at the same time, you have to realize that um, with the amount of energy that this team expends in the way that they play, having your players rested and playing together, right? Verone, half a season, obviously did not have a fantastic uh, end of the season, and you know, really is almost starting a new leaf with the team in 2016. You've got... Um, you know, Dax obviously rested, but and, and is a known quantity. But I, I don't think necessarily you're talking about missing pieces. I mean, this team won three of their four playoff games, right? They won the Shield, and then they posted three shutouts in the playoffs. And I'll I'll say it till I'm blue in the face: two mistakes over 15 seconds to Columbus, and that's the playoff series right there, right? 15 seconds. And it's a shame that you have to go back from scratch and start again on a 34-game marathon just to get to the five-game sprint. But, you know, the team didn't win MLS Cup, but they did just about everything but. Just about everything but. So uh, I would agree that in this particular case, staying with what Brungia is, uh, is probably where it's at. Here's Dan Figenshu, who says, Gents, I hope you're enjoying the offseason. I have a quick question in regards to the DP status of Gonzalo Verone. I recall from last year when he was acquired, we had to pay a multi-million dollar transfer fee. This was what led him to being a DP since his salary was only 200 k Does he count as a DP in 2016? I assume the transfer fee was one time only, so we shouldn't have that obligation this year. Help me understand the complexities of MLS cap structure DP rule. Keep up the great work, guys. Looking forward to another great year. Eric, uh, you're, you're the man on the inside. Verone is a DP, is he not? Uh, yeah, he is, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they, they don't release, uh, you know, per you know per club and league policy, they don't release uh, the figures when they sign a new contract. But uh, as far as I know, he's still a, a DP. I mean, if you go on NewYorkRebels.com and go to the, the players page, you'll see that he's listed as a DP. So uh, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, we, we won't learn his exact... Uh, salary until the players union releases it as, as they do a number of times a year but he will certainly be making more than 200k so um Tim Murphy, that's Bo Sleazy on the Twitter section 128 as Robert Frost said nothing gold shorts can stay as appeared we may have seen the last of our young golden boy young Matt Miazga obviously there was a ton of emotions we feel as fans of the team recognition of a talent deserving the step to the next level worrying about if he'll play what the financials are and excitement for a hometown kid living his dream howering pain imagining our almost championship team losing one of the most key members so let's acknowledge those but for tonight's show a question Ronald Zubar has shown well at times, but is injury-prone and expensive. Damien Perrinel is 32 and coming off a torn ACL. We met, which I think is French-Canadian for backup MLS center back. <laughs> He's shown all right as well. How do we solve our cornerback problem? A developing American prospect? An experienced foreigner who also speaks French? Bien sûr. A Hamas and Olave-type bruiser? Is Marcus Holgerson happy in Cyprus? 
What do we do, guys? You're back, and congrats to Eric. That's Tim Murphy. So, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, what we can expect here, knowing the way that this team seems to have operated since Ali Curtis has joined. They are going to rely on youth, and I will say once again, as I said at the top of the show, Matt Miazga was not the Matt Miazga that may be departing at this point a year ago. He was a young player that was learning still, and had yet to really make that meteoric leap. So the question, I guess, Eric, is are one of these kids going to be good enough and make make enough of an evolution from now until March 6th to prove that they can be there? <laughs> well, that's, that's near impossible to say, I think, at this juncture. I mean, it's it's way too early to, to speculate on, as to whether someone can uh, you know, fill, fill those type of shoes. But uh, look, as you said, I think the, the emphasis is going to be and has been on youth. Uh, I think they're going to be looking to build within uh, their own academy and you know through the, the younger guys to come up through the system and and and, and fill a void because that's they, they really have no uh, no other choice but to do that. So uh, I think there's there's a lot of fa- a lot of faith in, in in the system they have here in terms of their academy and you know the skills that they'll you know foster throughout the preseason and you know if if someone steps up then uh, they'll have their chance uh, come March sixth. Yeah, for sure. Here's Sylvana Buschheim, who writes, Hey, seeing red, maybe we're a little produ- protective of young Matt Miazga in a way that we aren't about the other Red Bulls. He's our kid. He lives at home with his mom. He's traveled the world with the national team, but he's still closely tied to Clifton, New Jersey. But if this is what he wants and it's going to work out for him, it's a win all around. Will he take the pitch for Chelsea or will he be loaned out? As long as he's still getting minutes on the field and as long as the U.S. men's national team reaps the benefits of that development, it doesn't matter to me because he's not just a kid, he's our kid. Thanks, Silvana. I think, uh, I think many, many fans share your sentiments. Uh, lastly, Paul Lopez from Hackensack, Mark and Eric. Although I'm very happy to see Matt get the attention of big clubs like Chelsea, if the reports are true, I just can't help but think that he might be better off going to a league that's a little lower in terms of level in order for him to get solid playing time and a chance to develop. I highly doubt that we will see that he will see much playing time playing for Chelsea this year. Hopefully, there is a plan in place to maybe loan him back to us in order for him to fully develop. Now, the tall task will be to replace Miazga on that back line. I don't see any of the young kids doing that, which means Red Bulls would have to look for a caliber uh, center back. Will Red Bull look outward to get that center back? Kind of the, the same thing we're, we're echoing. And and um, you know, I'll take this. I, I, I think. Obviously, if you were Matt Miazga or Matt's people, you want to ensure that he has the greatest chance to continue to evolve as a player, right? He's got to move forward and he's got to get quality playing time. Now, the argument uh, is, and we mentioned earlier, would he be better off being loaned? And, and uh, I'll, I'll be brutally honest, I, I, can, I don't see any situation that has Matt loaned back to Red Bulls. That That is, I think, not... You can just remove that from uh, the list of possibilities. I think the question is, can Matt make enough of an impact over the next four months while he'll be at Stanford Bridge to get some quality minutes? Chelsea, obviously, is 13th, what, 14th in the Premier League table? I mean, they're a team that obviously needs help. And as much as I personally loathe John Terry with the heat of a thousand burning suns, he does know how to play the game, and he has the possibility to be a fantastic tutor for 
our Matt. So, uh, again, best of luck to him. Uh, very, very excited for him should this uh, come to fruition. And um, this is what this is. This is what uh, global soccer teams do. They develop young talent and they sell them. And in... Uh, I was on Soccer Morning this morning and shared the notion that really there are only probably 12 teams or 15 teams or 20 teams in the world that are not feeder teams. And this is the model like it's supposed to be. And a half a generation ago, players like uh, Clint Dempsey and Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley and Tim Howard... um, the latter three from from our club, right, left here to go on and and improve uh, not only their financial standing but obviously improve their games to the point where they helped the United States get out of a group of death last uh, in summer of 2014 in Brazil. So, if you think about Matt Miazga being the possible next great center back of of the US men's national team he's got to go um his stock has never been higher for the team uh they need to make a move now to be able to get as much as they possibly can for him and um this is what it's all about um so very very excited for Matt and we're very very excited that you listened to this episode of Seeing Red I'm Mark uh, in New Jersey Eric Giacometti is with the team in Florida I don't know if we'll be back next week but we will be back with more regularity as we get closer uh, to go day Eric uh, talk, to, talk to us about what you're most excited about seeing with the USF scrimmage I think it'll just be a, a good chance to uh, to get a, the first real look at them in, in a game setting because I've seen them you know doing some small-sided games and you know some agility drills and all that but to to just see a, a real Red Bulls game will be uh, will be refreshing it's it seems like it's been a while it hasn't been that long but uh, it's been a while so it'll be nice to see them get back on the field see how the younger guys I'm, I'm definitely gonna be looking for guys like uh, Tyler Adams and, and Brandon Allen some of the younger guys to see how they fit in with the team so definitely looking forward to the first scrimmage you know might be a little bit sloppy and hectic but it'll be a fun one to watch Excellent. Well, we're very, very excited to read your reports of it. I'd like to thank you for joining us. I'd like to thank Connor Lade for taking some time out of his very busy uh, Madden uh, experience, hanging with the guys to come join us uh, on a Wednesday night. And we'd like to thank you for listening. So for Eric Giacometti, I'm Mark Fishkin saying thank you for listening to this episode of Seeing Red. We'll be back soon, folks. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to Seeing Red. Since 2010, your New York Red Bulls podcast. Find us at New York Red Bulls Radio at TuneIn, Backheel.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and SeeingRedNY.com.